Steps show are the evidence-based opinions of Dr. Fred Harvey, the callers, and his guests. These are not the opinions of the staff, the volunteers, or the board of WMNF. The information provided on the show is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. There is no implied patient-physician relationship in these calls. The nature of the calls is educational and informational only. Hello out there, my dear friends and resolute listeners of the Healthy Chefs Radio Show, and thank you for keeping your radio dial tuned to WMNF Tampa. Being with you, my wonderful listeners, is as refreshing as a cool breeze. And by golly, welcome to the Healthy Chefs Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey. Today he's joined by the esteemed Dr. Cheryl Burdat, NP, and Director of the Education and Naturopathic Residency Program at Progressive Medical in Dunwoody, Georgia. They gather here today to discuss gut markers and their impact on our microbiome. You're encouraged to participate by calling 813-239-9663 or sending your emails to dj at wmnf.org. You can also text us at 813-433-0885. Well, good morning to you, Dr. Burnett, and welcome to the Healthy Steps Radio Show. Let me step aside here and let Dr. Harvey introduce you and crank up the show. And a good morning to you, Dr. Harvey. Take it away. Good morning, Bill, and thanks again. Well, um, Cheryl uh, and I have been acquainted for many years. Uh, we became friends when we were serving on the board of advisors for Zymogen Nutraceuticals as we helped guide that company into uh, its Inc. 500 uh, status, um, developing formulas and discussing all kinds of wonderful functional medicine topics and socializing with the most amazing group of uh, medical and health professionals that I have ever worked with. Um, so she is um, a, a brilliant naturopath. Um, naturopathy is the field of healthcare that believes that nature is our strongest ally and our bodies have a natural resiliency to heal. And she is a developer of laboratories, uh, laboratory tests, and she is uh, a member of um, Progressive Medical where she uh, has developed a uh, naturopathic residency, but she's also a principal in precision point diagnostics and it's a functional laboratory. And today we're gonna talk about what she has developed for precision point. And it's really exciting. Some of these amazing new markers we have to look at our, our bodies in, in new ways and help support uh, normal function uh, and reduce inflammation and produce really good results. Welcome, Cheryl, it's great to talk with you. Ah, thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. I am so glad you are here. So. <laughs> um, Yes, the, the 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 thing here I think we can start with probably is a concept that uh, perplexes most of my colleagues in gastroenterology and in most of Western medicine. And it's this term that just freaks people out. It's two words and it's called leaky gut. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and me too. Uh, when I look back over my career and sitting back in school 20 plus years ago, I can remember exactly the first place I was when I heard those two words, leaky gut. And I can remember uh, the young woman, colleague now, who was discussing it. And she talked about this thing called leaky gut and how that was the reason for inflammation in the body, for various autoimmune conditions, and for um, how we might feel, not only in our joints, but in our brain, and so for our kind of global well-being. And I thought, 
that sounds so weird. I'm going to go to PubMed where all the peer-reviewed medical research is and I'm going to look up leaky gut. And if I can't find research about this, then I don't know what she's talking about. And so I did that. And when you did that 20 plus years ago, you didn't find anything. Uh, thankfully right. now, when, when you do it now, you do actually. But so I remember thinking, well, I don't, I don't know what she's talking about. Well, you know, I couldn't make it through one next patient visit without having to eat my own thoughts, without having to rethink, without having to open up my eyes because uh, this patient was having such horrible flares of her bowel that she couldn't leave the house. She had bowel incontinence. She would, would, would have a bowel movement and not be able to control it. And so my, the people that the, the clinicians that were overseeing me, they told me, well, she has leaky gut and here are the things that we're going to do for that. And I was like, I don't know about this leaky gut thing, but here's this woman whose next option that standard of care was giving her was to cut out her intestines. Mm. Uh, that, that's what they were going to do because, mm -hmm. you know, they tried the anti-inflammatories. This was before we were using a lot of the chemotherapeutics to suppress the immune system. And so they thought, well, a way to get the, the bowel to calm down is to cut it out of the body. And yes. believe me, I'm sure, I'm sure that would work. Uh, but I think that well, we yeah. all like our intestines. <laughs> I have only one patient right now that's had their entire colon removed for colitis <laughs> many years ago. And, you know, living with a bag is not exactly the, the same deal. <laughs> not a great quality of life. So we started on these leaky gut treatments and lo and behold, she got better. Her, mm -hmm. her bowels be, became controllable. She was able to leave the house. She was able to rejoin society. She was able to have a normal life. And while that situation may sound very extreme to you, you might be sitting there thinking, well, I don't have issues with my bowel. That is only one way leaky gut affects us. When the gut becomes leaky, which you now can find research on, when the gut becomes leaky, this creates a cascade of inflammation in the body and essentially will wash over your genetics to create symptoms or conditions wherever you are the weakest. And so finally, the research has caught up to what we've known for decades and decades, and it yes. really just gives us more tools to help more people. It really does. You know, I always, uh, whenever I hear leaky gut for the last oh, 15, 20 years, I've immediately thought leaky brain because the gut barrier is the same as the brain barrier. And they're not supposed to be uh, um, um, uh, penetratable. They're not supposed to be leaky. You're not supposed to get things across these barriers. But once you start leaking your barriers, they all leak. And there's where we end up with serious, long-term chronic illness problems. Yes. And it's so fascinating. So as you kind of get the idea, I very much like research and I've always been very evidence-based and I want to see the studies, but I don't deny what I see with my own eyes either. But um, right. so- uh, along this continuum of leaky gut, uh, there is a, a gentleman, Dr. Alessio Fasano, and he's now a yes. researcher at Harvard. And he found this biomarker, and more importantly, something in our own body. But he found something that we could measure in the blood, and it's called zonulin. Mm -hmm. And zonulin tells the gut to become leaky. But like you mentioned, that exact same thing tells your blood-brain barrier to become leaky as well. So this connection between what happens in your gut and depression, anxiety, uh, fatigue in general, 
brain fog. We're now seeing we can measure in the blood the connection between these two. And when zonulin is high, you are more likely to have conditions such as colitis or irritable bowel syndrome. But when zonulin is high, you are also more likely to have things like depression or anxiety. So this thing that we talked about a couple decades ago, we can we 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 knew it was occurring. We would treat patients; they would get better. Well, now there are biomarkers that we can measure in the blood that help us to uh, affirm this process, to help us track patients, to see how bad it is, to see if they're responding to treatment, and to ultimately know when. When they're in a state of wellness that they can uh, minimize treatments and, and, and minimize even some supplements and get back to living a normal high quality of life. Yeah, it's so true. And you know, the thing is though, zonulin doesn't just get dysregulated on its own. There are things that happen in the gut that trigger this. And I think that your testing at Precision Point actually reveals some of this. One of the tests you look at is histamine. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so, again, it used to be this concept that we that we thought maybe was true, but now when we can measure zonulin, uh, it, it can really show where somebody's at in the process. And so, like you said, this is not something that you're just born with, that you just have high zonulin. There are things that you do to cause this to occur, and they're largely around diet and lifestyle. So, for example, if you are eating highly processed food that has lots of pesticides, that begins to irritate the gut lining. That's one reason that you can start to release the zonulin that makes the gut more likely, more leaky. Uh, maybe you had an incident where uh, you got had some food poisoning or a, uh, a, a even a, a virus in the gut that can make the gut more leaky. Maybe you were exposed to mold that can also trigger zonulin to make the gut more leaky. Or how about just good old fashioned uh, plain stress? One of the things that stress does is it puts us in fight or flight, which is the opposite of rest and digest. And so when we're stressed, less blood flow to the gut, that makes the gut more leaky, zonulin goes up. So all of these things, you're not genetically locked in place with. You don't come onto planet Earth, uh, hopefully, with a high zonulin. It's something that develops over time and then is the, is the trigger for autoimmune conditions, for depression, for various conditions. So the nice thing about this is it, it's not genetically you produce zonulin. It's that there are diet and there are lifestyles to things that you are doing that cause zonulin to be high. So once we see it's high, once we measure it, we can treat it. It goes down and signs and symptoms, pathology, they move towards remission as well. So it's, it's, a, it's an optimistic marker, if you will, because it allows us to see something that we can change and help put the genie back in the bottle. And so That's you what mentioned- I love about- the the functional testing is that we're looking at things that you know delineate and describe our function and so we're able to look at process and so as we watch somebody who's very ill with high levels of zonulin as they improve with the things that we intervene with, we can watch it go down so we can actually track markers. And that's one of the foundations of functional medicine is that once we actually do the initial assessment and then apply these techniques, we have to reassess and track our progress. And that's what's really great about having these new amazing markers available from great labs like Precision Point to direct us and help us reassess. Because if the zonulin is not going down, we got to look for other possibilities like... 
like uh, histamine, like you mentioned, which is also looked on, looked at on that same test. And so most of us, when we think of histamine, we think of allergy season and you're not wrong. That's true. Pollen's bloom. I'm in Georgia. The whole road becomes yellow, not like the Wizard of Oz, but with an inch thick of pollen everywhere. And we sneeze and we have headaches. And certainly that's histamine. But there are also histamine receptors in our brain. There are histamine yes. receptors on our heart. And so when we have too much histamine, it can even cause things like arrhythmias. It, it can mm -hmm. be a reason that we feel more anxious. So it's not just about Kleenex after Kleenex and blowing your nose. It's about these things all over the body. You know, and it's so interesting. You talk about those histamine receptors on other organs. I, I remember, you know, 25 years ago, listening to a naturopath describe his allergy testing formula. And his allergy testing formula was have a person eat a food they think they're sensitive to and watch their heart rate and their blood pressure afterwards. And if in 15 minutes they have an increased heart rate or they have extra beats or palpitations or arrhythmias or high blood pressure, they've probably been attacked essentially by a bad food that triggered histamine and histamine caused these changes. Yeah, that's a great little trick. So uh, to, to your listeners out there, that, that's a great little challenge. So sit down before your meal, take your pulse. And then after you eat your food, 15 minutes later, take your pulse again. And if you see that going up, then you can bet you probably just ate something that you are sensitive to. And that's histamine. It's not always blowing the nose. It's not always itchy eyes. It can be a lot of things for a lot of people. And so, you know, something like hives that just break out for no apparent mm -hmm. reason, uh, this can be really debilitating and frustrating and, and, and uncomfortable and incompatible with good quality of life. Well, it turns out when we look at markers of leaky gut, not only can we measure histamine, but mm -hmm. in the gut, we produce an enzyme called diamine oxidase, and it degrades histamine. And some people just don't make enough of this. And if we were in Europe and you just reacted to things and got hives and you couldn't figure out what it was, they would measure these things in you and they would say you have histaminosis and then they would treat accordingly. Well, for some reason, we don't do it here. Uh, I can't think of a good reason that we don't do it here uh, because it, you can't, it's not just academic, like you're saying, there are things that we do to treat that. And so when you work on your gut lining, not only do you build that barrier to make it less leaky, to put a, a wall between foods you eat and the immune system reacting, to put a wall between bugs in the gut and the immune system reacting. But when you build that wall, you plump up the area that makes this enzyme that degrades histamine. And so it's very common for us to to work with our patients and work on the, these underlying issues of leaky gut and maybe for depression and maybe for arrhythmia and maybe for IBS. And then comes around to allergy season and they go, huh, I'm not really reacting like I usually do. Why is that? And we go back to describing leaky gut and all the ways it decreases inflammation. Yep. And so it's it's about the way the body communicates with itself and how these triggers and signals cause aberrant or improper communication and result in problems. And you know, this show is about communication and we need engagement from our listeners. So I just want to remind us, uh, all of our listeners, that we are on WMNF 88.5 Tampa. Engagement might be asking an awful lot, but we could date a little bit of some of the 
listeners on out there. So I'm going to tell them, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. And his guest today is Dr. Cheryl Burdett, NP. And today they are going to enlighten all of us about gut markers. You're encouraged to participate by calling 813-239-9663. Greg is in the control room just awaiting your treasured call. You can also continue sending your emails to dj at wmnf.org and text us at 813-433-0885. And back to the two of you. This is great. Thank you, Bill. And so, you know, you mentioned that there's this enzyme, uh, diamine oxidase, in the gut. And I have uh, read and seen um, in genetic reports that some people don't actually even have the gene. It may be completely absent, but you, I've only seen it. Uh, halfway absent in most people. They have one gene, so they make a lot less of it. And so diamine oxidase is really important for us. And fortunately, there are some supplements that contain diamine oxidase, but the best thing to do is to do things that heal your gut, like Cheryl was talking about. So how can we um, work on this? Um, uh, is Do we need to avoid histamine in our diet? That would be that would be quite helpful. And so, um, if your if your phone's nearby, maybe Google a list of high histamine foods. And so, what's surprising is these foods that can be healthy otherwise for some people can be problematic. So, um, strawberries, high histamine, tomatoes, high histamine, avocado, sad, high histamine. Mm -hmm. But but it's not the fault of the food. What we really should be doing is getting our body to be able to utilize these foods that are so healthy. So so it's for me, I'm not one to want to say never eat an avocado because there's so much benefit from that. Let's work on right. your gut so that you'll produce the right level of this enzyme so that you can pull these healthy foods back into the diet. That's so and true. I mean, that, that's our goal with functional medicine is to get people to make the shift so that they don't have to do hugely burdensome diets and and 30 pills three times a day to get their body well you know you may have to do that for a little bit of time to actually get your body to the point where it can tolerate a a more um um varied diet and a more varied lifestyle yeah, so when, when Dr. Harvey tells you to eat organic, there's a reason for that. Well, there's a lot of reasons. First of all, it's good for the planet. But second of all, let's think about it. Like one of the major things that makes your gut healthy is good, friendly bacteria. Well, if we're spraying something on our food to kill bugs, and now you eat that same thing, you know, logically, what happens to the bugs of your own ecosystem of inside your body? And I'm always blown away by the idea that we have more bacteria in our gut than there are stars in the Milky Way. I think that that's just a beautiful image for how vast our microbiome is. So when you eat glyphosate, which is a common pesticide, uh, it kills off your good, healthy flora. When you kill off your good, healthy flora, you're not nourishing that lining anymore. You, you make less enzymes. You make less diamine oxidase. You can't break down even normal plant fibers. You start to feel bloated from things like beans that should give us so much good, healthy fiber. You start to yep. feel uncomfortable from that avocado because it had histamine. Well, that's no way to be. So these changes that we, that we, that we talk about are are super meaningful in terms of what happens in the body, reducing inflammation and improving quality of life. It's so true. And we have some friendly callers on the line. We do. We've got Barbara in the uh, call box here. So thank you, Barbara, for calling. And what have you got for us? Good morning. Yeah, Good morning. So I was 
listening to the uh, blood-brain barrier uh, that you were speaking of yes. regarding the topic. Um, how does that, what you're speaking, leaky gut affect, like if you have Parkinson's disease, does it, um, um, how does it affect it and what can you do specifically to treat leaky gut regarding Parkinson's disease? Cheryl, take that. Yeah, so uh, so I think that uh, probably Dr. Harvey and myself, we would both um, point to one of our uh, friends and colleagues who's a well-known neurologist, Dr. David Perlmutter, and his work was highly focused around Parkinson's. And if you went to his practice, you did not move forward unless you were meeting with the dietitian. Uh, uh, D. Harris is, is a one person who's worked there and also a friend of ours, and, and, and she's written books. And so inherent in treating a neurologic condition is treating the gut. The inflammation that starts there does move to the brain, and you're exactly right that that zonulin will make the blood-brain barrier more leaky, which is more of a stress to the system. We know in that condition there's a drop-off of a particular neurotransmitter, in this case dopamine, and it's very fragile around inflammation. So everything we can do to decrease that inflammatory load uh, becomes useful. I, there's, we're, not, we're not saying that that is a cure-all, uh, right. but it is helpful in terms of making symptoms less severe and helping to move people uh, to slow things down and to move people more of a positive direction. But when you look at the top um, integrative functional neurologists out there, they are absolutely combining work that looks at uh, leaky gut lining. And, and, uh, and they use these markers, zonulin and diamine oxidase, to help to make some of those assessments. All right, because I, I've been working on t getting my inflammation down for a while, and my symptoms are much diminished. Oh, good. That's, yeah. that's good news. Yeah. Does that help turn off any genes, turn on and off genes that might contribute to any diseases? or any would, diseases that are inherent to your DNA? I would more put it in terms of, it's not like a light switch that we can flip on and off, but it, it can change the expression. So it can change um, how much message it's sending out and, and, and the strength of what it's trying to communicate. Um, so it's not changing your genes. We, we come here with a set of genes, but it can influence their expression. So you can yes, you so it will. turn in on and off genes somehow. No, it no, they do. That, that's exactly what happens when we change the communication with the changing inflammation. You'll actually have a different set of genes being read and sending out a different message to the body. When you're under inflammation, you have a whole set of genes that's sending out angry signals. When you're calm, you have a set of genes that's sending out happy signals. So. Every time you feel inflamed, smile because you're going to turn on anti-inflammatory genes. It's a trigger that happens throughout your entire system. You will actually enhance anti-inflammatory properties in the body by smiling because it makes you happy internally. Okay, well, thank you. I'm smiling right now. Fabulous. <laughs> Excellent. Have a great day. You too. Talking about inflammation, Cheryl, there's another piece of the uh, uh, advanced intestinal barrier assessment test that's, I think, really fascinating and really helpful, and that is the concept of lipopolysaccharides. 
Yeah, so that's a, a long term. We can abbreviate it LPS, so we can talk about more on the show. But it comes from essentially bad bacteria that's in the gut, and so the, the, so mainly the, the bad bacteria stays in our gut. It, we, it doesn't leak into our body. If it did, we'd become septic. But what does leak into our body is little bits of this bad bacteria, and that's that LPS. And it's fascinating because it helps connect so many things to the gut. For example, LPS will um, cause when it, it, so it moves from the gut through something called the portal vein and gets dumped right on the liver. Well, if your liver sees lots of this, it goes, oh my gosh, I'm inflamed. I'm going to make more cholesterol. I'm going to make more triglycerides. I'm going to make more unhealthy cholesterol, LDL. So it, so the gut, uh, this is one way that we tie the gut to what's happening to us cardiovascularly speaking. Also, in general, cholesterol is not always bad or good, but it's when it gets hit with something inflammatory. So mm-hmm. when LPS damages cholesterol, this makes it, it's, then it's called oxidized LDL. And this one's the really bad one, the one that can, is the most potent plaque former in the body. Well, LDS- Yeah, it's rancid cholesterol. Yeah, Who wants rancid yeah. cholesterol in your body? Uh, yeah, yeah. And LPS is a big oxidizer, so it creates that plaque former. So sometimes we're sitting there thinking, well, heart disease doesn't have anything to do with the gut. Well, it turns out, yes, it does. That same inflammation from gut-based health might be affecting the lipids that you're making, the state that the lipids are in, and then whether or not those are being turned into plaques inside your arteries. Yeah. So this is really an important concept of ongoing inflammation throughout. And this is where you know, many uh, naturopaths, functional medicine doctors, um, and and healers in general are gut-based practitioners. Uh, Cheryl and, and my good friend and predecessor on this show, Eve Plews, was a real gut-based practitioner. It all started there. And she knows this. We all know this because we have 70% of our immune system that resides in the lining of the gut. So if we really have an angry gut, we're going to have a very inflamed body. And so what do we do about... Um, these lipopolysaccharides. I think we're going to have to look at stool for that, right? Absolutely. Uh, we can look at stool for that, but that can be measured in the in the blood as well. So we've got a couple of options and both are good. Uh, just really having an understanding of it, because I think that for most of us, when we reflect on, you know, when we go into our, our doc and when I take a history, I want you to ask yourself, have you been asked questions about what you eat? And if you haven't been asked those questions, then it's, then it's going to be more difficult for you to um, move forward in a, in, a, in, a, in a complete way. Now, I am by no means saying that you're not getting good advice and that you're not getting good treatment. Absolutely, you, you could be getting the, the right medication for the, the, the condition that you have. But if we can add to that what we're eating and how we're treating the gut, it's one more way to lower the inflammation load. So it's one more way to improve uh, a number of conditions out there. So I want you to reflect on, uh, you know, you know, are you thinking about what you're eating? And are you having these conversations with your healthcare practitioners? Because if you're not, you're probably missing a key piece that could really result in some improvement. So true. I just want to remind everybody that we are on WMNF 88.5 Tampa. Absolutely. And if you want to participate in this great um, conversation, give us a call at 813-239-9663. And you can send your emails to dj at wmnf.org and continue texting us at 
813-433-0885. And by golly, um, we do have a caller, Jerry, a um, regular. So let's see what he's got for us today. Good morning, Jerry. Hi, hi, folks. Again, thanks for taking my call. You, you know, you guys are so cool. <laughs> you guys are so well, thank cool. Thank you. How you do it. So, you know, my gut feeling. Speaking about the gut, is, um, pay attention. I, you know, I'm not. I am not a PhD. I don't have any science background, and my chemistry is not as superb as as you know who. So, but I just don't believe my gut feeling is that we just really don't have a handle on cholesterol on a science basis. That's my gut feeling. And I was wondering if you'd want to elaborate on that. Yeah, well, I think that it was a good start, you know, 20, 40 years ago, but the science has really evolved from there. And so what I mean by that was, okay, maybe there was some rough correlation, but it's not the best. Like when you draw a linear, you know, when you draw a line about cholesterol levels increasing, then what you should see is a linear line that also shows risk of heart events increasing as well. And it's not as correlated as you would expect. But when we start to drill down to little smaller bits of cholesterol and how fluffy they are or versus how small they are, we can get a better picture. And then we do this to see how oxidized that cholesterol is. And so oxidation is just a fancy way of saying a free radical or inflammation has hit your cholesterol. Like Dr. Harvey said, it's made it rancid. It's made it, it's made the sick fat in your body. And that's the one that forms plaques. But unfortunately, routine testing um, doesn't look at that one. And again, then the next question is why? And that's, it's an area that I don't have the best answer for, because if you saw your oxidized LDL was elevated, not only would it tell you that you wanted to decrease lipids, but it would tell you that you want to increase antioxidants, because we all know the best way to decrease free radicals is with more antioxidants. Now, I'll say one more thing about that. One of the biggest ways to create oxidative stress slash free radicals in the body is to have a leaky gut. That same researcher from Harvard said, mm -hmm. you know, if you want to have free radical madness in your body, then start with a leaky gut because things flood in, that inflammation creates oxidation or free radicals, and this is how the body gets damaged, and in this case, cholesterol gets damaged. Okay. Well, um, okay. So you sound very excited about it. And, and, um, I, am. Uh, I my, my, qu I mean, you sound very well versed in it, but I guess I'm going to sp specify the question and then I'll, I'll take your answer off the air. So I just don't, I just poll people, you know, I just poll people and ask them, you know, just kind of from an observant perspective. It's like the Bill Mollison thing. It's like, um, uh, protracted observation or, or questions. So what I really don't feel comfortable with is the pharmaceutical industry solution. I've had people tell me that they've taken these um, pharmaceutical um, solutions to cholesterol and they just feel awful and then they get off them and they feel okay. So can I take that one off the air? Is that good? Yeah, no, and I'll, um, I'll, I'll answer that with, with data. So there was a recent meta-analysis that came out that looked at um, hundreds of studies where statins were used to lower lipids. And what it showed was there was a very small uh, uh, reduction in uh, mortality. 
And, and then it went on to say, if these um, statin drugs are effective, the way they're effective might just be reducing inflammation, not yes. reducing lipids. So that okay. was the most recent meta-analysis that came out. Um, that's you know what the research said. Um, there are certain times people need to stay on them and you need to consult with your doc. And so, uh, so it's very individualized. But um, I would say that just lowering lipids is not the key to overall health, that we need to think about who's the body that those lipids are in, who's the person, who's the patient. So true. And, uh, and as right. we work on that patient, you know, here's another thing I see in functional medicine, integrative medicine, naturopathic medicine, is that sometimes I might not even be focusing on their cholesterol. I'm just working right. on leaky gut, helping them feel better, wellness in general. And you know what happens? Cholesterol begins to trend down. So, so true. If you, listen, if you listen to them, they start feeling better. <laughs> yes. And, and, you know, it's my opinion that the, the reason we have uh, adverse consequences from taking statins is that the Western medicine philosophy is there's a pill for every ill rather right. than looking at why That's we're what, ill. And so if we treat kind of what I'm talking about. Yeah. So cholesterol in my practice, I witness it rising when we have toxicity and inflammation and inflammation and toxicity and toxicity and inflammation. And when you see cholesterol <laughs> up, these people are toxic and or inflamed or in the four to eight percent of the population that has a genetic cholesterol problem, they have a genetic cholesterol problem. We can deal with that. But right. 92 to 96 percent too, right? There's good cholesterol yes. too, right? There's positive. Yes. Well, cholesterol good is cholesterol good. Too. Cholesterol is good. It's a su yeah. supremely necessary molecule in our body, but it's when we have inflammation that we create rancid cholesterol. That's bad. That totally makes sense. Thank you, guys and girls. You're so welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> have a good day. Thank you for your program. You're so welcome. Um, we have some emails, actually. Here's one. Are alopecia and acute telogen effluvium related to leaky gut? Uh, so this is an area where we'll probably find a little less research, but in general, when you calm down inflammation, we can expect to see even things like hair growth improve. Now, um, I, again, I don't want people to think that leaky gut is the cure-all to everything. You need to right. go see Dr. Harvey, for example, and, and I'm sure if he were approaching you with this question, he would want to know about your gut, but he would mm -hmm. also want to know about your hormones because that can play a role in terms of hair loss as well. He would want to know about your protein status. He would want to know about um, things like uh, methylated folate and zinc. So, it, so it's a complicated process, but it's one mm -hmm. that does have an answer. And you do, we just need to dig more deeply. Oh, shoot, I didn't even mention stress. We'd be thinking about a stress <laughs> component there too. Um, so I do think it would help. I don't think that, it, I don't know that it's going to be the cure-all for, uh, for every single person. It's a part of the picture. And so, um, yes, I agree with that entirely. And it, it, it's it's never just that. I mean, toxicity can do it. You could be uh, being sick from mycotoxemia, uh, toxic metals. There's all kinds of things. And so, um, you know, we have to address them all. And I won't even do hormone replacement until I've made sure that the person isn't toxic and inflamed. Because when you put hormones into a toxic inflamed person, their liver is going to chew it up and turn it into something toxic also. So mm -hmm. we have to get ahead of that process, too. Um, we have callers. Yes, we do. We've got a um, duet here of Juanita and Ryan. But I want to remind folks that you're listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey. And his guest today is Dr. Cheryl Burnett. And they're talking about gut markers and related issues. And you're encouraged to give a jingle to dialing 813-239-9663. 
Greg's waiting for you, and continue sending your emails to dj at wmnf.org. Let's go to Juanita. Good morning, Juanita. Good morning. This is Juanita from St. Petersburg. I appreciate your show very much. I have a question about toxicity and inflammation. Um, just recently, I have a lot of stress from my job, but just recently I have found my body to be extremely inflamed. I am in so much pain at all times. I have osteoarthritis, and it's impossible some days just to move. So um, have you done anything about this to help mitigate the symptoms? Well, that's what I'm talking, calling you for. I, I called a doctor recently. My primary doctor doesn't seem to help me a lot. I, um, and my osteoarthritis doctor just says, I got to basically live with it. But um, oh. I called the doctor, and he told me I need a saliva test. He said that that, that would start where what's going on with me. Is that true? It, it's possibly true. It depends on what's going to be measured in saliva. So we can measure a lot of things in saliva. We can measure things in blood. We can measure things in urine. So all of those are viable. It, it's just the question of what's being looked at. So you, you asked about toxicity in particular. I would personally want to start with more of a history. I'd want to know, you know, what, what have, do you feel you've been exposed to? And, and did that correlate with any onset of symptoms? And then there are tests that we can utilize to see if, if you have a, an excessive amount of environmental toxicity or heavy metals. Uh, mm -hmm. Then from there, I would be thinking about, you know, osteoarthritis is essentially inflammation in the joint space. So we're back to our conversation around leaky gut. One of the best ways to reduce inflammation is to work on some of that gut-based health. And then finally, um, after we've thought about you, the person and everything, then I'd drill down to think about what's happening uh, in your cartilage and what can we do to protect it and build it up what nutrients do we want to use there and what else wears it down so it turns out a sneaky culprit in terms of breaking down our cartilage in our joints comes from fat tissue and so we think of fat tissue as, put, as having extra weight and extra burden on the joints and, and that part's true but in addition to that it releases something called leptin and leptin goes to our joints and eats up the tissue there and is implicated in osteoarthritis well inflammation in general can cause more leptin as well so i would be thinking about you your exposure, I'd be thinking about your gut, and then I'd be thinking about what we can do to nutritionally build the cartilage and decrease the local process. Okay, okay, because I don't have overweight. I'm not overweight. I've been okay. 90 active most of my life. I was active until probably five years ago when this arthritis really kicked in on me. I have a very active job. I, I run a cleaning company in an exterior cleaning before mm. that I was a landscaper. So I was mm -hmm. constantly outside working hard all my life. So it, it, so, but there could be chemicals with what I do for a living that could be sure, activated. Sure. That too. I use a, um, and um, I didn't spray pesticides as a landscaper, but I did okay. do a lot of very hard work. I did use Roundup a lot. Yeah, so that's the same glyphosate I was mentioning earlier that can be so hard on the gut. So when you say cleaning and gardening, you check mm -hmm. two boxes for yes, for um, for uh, professions that have a lot of exposure to them. So yes, yes, from just the little bit of history we got from you, some type of toxicity workup would certainly make sense, and some type, type of detoxification of, program. What should I do then? What should I do then as of 
as a person now, you've given me some information. What kind of test do I need to go to, and what type of doctor should I go to? My primary is daycare. care. They don't do anything holistically. Um, right. I've tried to reach out to several doctors. Um, they want to charge outrageous amounts of money just for testing. One doctor, Dr. Colson, which I reached out to recently, wanted $300 just for a saliva test. And that was well, nothing to do anything to me. Well, I think you said you're, uh, did you, I think you're near Dr. Harvey, so that would be a great start. But you want to you wanna look for someone who specializes in functional medicine. That's the yes. term I would use when you're doing right. your searches. Right. Okay. And that would be somebody who could help you. And you can do okay. a search at ifm.org, Institute for Functional Medicine.org. They have all of the certified practitioners in your area. So okay. I would take a look there. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Happy holiday. You too. Yeah. I think we have another one on. We actually do. We've got Ryan and Molly and others. And I'm going to give out the number again just to <clears throat> load the board. Give us a call at 813-239-9663 and continue sending your emails to dj at wmnf.org. Let's go to Ryan. Good morning to you, Ryan. How are you doing today? Hey, guys. Um, I'm not going to talk about doing your breathing exercises today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, you know who I am. Um, I'm playing a lot of music outside now because it's Christmas time, and I want to remind everybody, once again, if I smell somebody's bad cologne at 20 feet, I'm potentially breathing in their, their, um, their uh, vapors from their breath, correct? Uh, probably. I mean, it might depend a little bit more about moisture in the air and then, and, and air, you know, which way the wind is blowing. And there, there could be some other variables in there, but quite likely. Most likely I'm breathing someone's exhaust if I can smell their perfume, right? That that, 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 yeah, definitely follows, yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 that's doable, yes? Correct, right? Yes. Okay, well, because I'm telling, so y'all be careful out there. COVID has not gone anywhere. Thank you there, Ryan. Neither has flu, respiratory syncytial virus, or every other virus that circulates um, around the planet. All so. right, got Molly here on the line. Good morning, Molly. Hi there. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi. Um, I can't believe the show is on today. I'm having a very bad problem with um, maybe colitis, maybe C. diff, maybe it's a leaky gut thing. Um, but I did just have COVID two weeks ago, and it was mild. And I have multiple autoimmune things anyway. Um, and I got a fever and then some allergy symptoms after Thanksgiving. And then since Friday night, I was up like 20 times having diarrhea. So, and it just won't stop. And so my doctor wants to treat me with metronidazole and steroids, mm. thinking it's colitis or C. diff, same treatment. What would you well, recommend that I could do myself and not take these medicines? I've got a question. Yeah. Um, have you had recent antibiotics? Have you had a history of colitis? Is there a family history of colitis or any of these things? Um, no recent antibiotics, though a few years ago I did for... No, no recent. Recent. No, no recent. And to answer your other question, yes, a family history, a sibling with uh, ulcerative colitis, so she's been diagnosed, and they regularly give her steroids and metronidazole or some other antibiotic when she has a flare. 
is generally mm. caused by stress or when she changes her diet and they put her on the brat diet and it takes her weeks to get better and hospital visits and they want to remove part of her colon or all of her colon. I don't know. And Back to the surgical uh, issue yeah, that Cheryl not, mentioned earlier. For, she's not doing that. But I need a short-term fix before I can go get any testing for anything. And they don't even, I've had C. diff before, supposedly. They didn't do a stool sample. They just prescribed me with these drugs, the metronidazole and the steroids. And so I you had a presumed C. difficile. You don't know if you had it. Yeah, I don't know 100% if yes. it wasn't colitis or it wasn't a flare-up from leaky gut or something. But I know I ate probably 10 foods I don't normally eat on Thanksgiving, including champagne. And now I'm quite ill. And I didn't sleep for two nights almost because I was just going back and forth 10 feet to the bathroom all night long. Cheryl, would you agree that sounds like an acute food poisoning? Yes, absolutely. I had no vomiting, just lower intestinal mm -hmm. distress. And uh, what stood out from your conversation today is I had itchy eyes and a little sore throat, and I went to the mm -hmm. Minute Clinic to get tested for COVID again, and they thought I just had a cold coming on. But the next day was when the diarrhea started, and it's, I can't but you did. House. You did test positive two weeks ago for COVID. On the 8th, and I took Paxlovid. So um, there is a rebound after Paxlovid, well documented, mm -hmm. and also mm -hmm. chronic COVID is known to, or COVID is known to have gastrointestinal symptoms. So right. How do I COVID. know the difference and would it be treated the same way? Like, should I just take probiotics and eat a lot of bananas and stuff that you would do for the colitis anyway? Acting like colitis, acting like that. So it's not really per se a difference. It's that you've had multiple things that have triggered inflammation in the gut. Uh, right. that either, maybe the food's a little bit and then COVID for sure, because it will, it'll um, upregulate receptors in the gut that make it easier for the gut to be more sensitive to things. So it's a, it's a, it's a cumulative effect. And that's one of the things with um, more of a standard of care approach that will try to say, well, it's this one thing or it's this one thing. No, I would say for you, it's multiple things. Your immune system was down from COVID, then you had different foods that you haven't had before. Maybe there's some C. diff there and that allowed that to flare. We know that that's quite possible, that it can sit in the little crypts of the microvilli and then when stress occurs, it can bloom and make things worse again. So it's it's most likely multifactorial. And so um, so on one hand, uh, my I, like I'm sure Fred and I are like just uh, really eager to give you advice, but on, on the other hand, one of the things that we do with all of our patients is we sit down and we talk to them for a good 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and that really guides uh, the, mm -hmm. the, what, what they need to do for that next step. It, it, um, it, it can be more complicated than that. So sometimes when it's just this one symptom and this one quick answer, uh, we might not be doing you justice. But, but that aside, um, one thing that works very well, and um, I believe Dr. Harvey's office would have this, is some, something called... Um, OptiCleanse GHI, and it, it looks like a functional food. It, it's more of a protein shake, but it's very good at calming down inflammation in the gut. So that might be something that you reach out to him and, and uh, ask if you can get your hands on that because that would be a good start. And you're right. You mentioned probiotics. That can be helpful as well. Um, I would certainly clean up the diet. If you know you ate foods that were offensive to you, I'd be pulling those out being um, as clean as possible of what I was eating until uh, the inflammation were to calm back down. 
then this time around, um, let's, you know, get a snapshot of what's really in your gut. And so um, making sure somebody does a complete stool test. So not just one bug, but looking for literally the thousands that are there. So you know exactly what's in your gut. And that also tells you exactly how to treat it so that you don't find yourself in this situation where you're having a reoccurrence again. And Cheryl's okay. laboratory looks at these uh, stool tests and many other things, including um, the, these antibody tests. And so um, all of these labs, though, require a practitioner to order them. Um, so yeah, if you can find a practitioner. Yeah, so you need to find a practitioner that actually works with these labs because um, unfortunately, many doctors will not actually do uh, current testing. They're they're stuck in the 20th century as far as the way they look at things. And and we're in the 21st now, you know, 22 years into the 21st century. It's time to actually join us in with new science. But um, you're, you know, a simple thing that you, you mentioned it, the bananas things, so the brat diet, bananas, rice, applesauce, tea, toast, uh, but not gluten toast, but uh, a gluten-free right. toast, consider doing that while you're finding your functional medicine doctor. Go to ifm.org, find somebody who will order these tests for you. And there's another thing you could add. It's called IgG, immune globulin. It's a colostrum or non-colostrum base. There's a bovine immune globulin that really calms down the gut. And especially if you have a problem with a uh, uh, food poisoning, the antibodies in this may bind up the bad bugs and take them away. So really helping to reduce the inflammation also. Is that um, okay to take if you're lactose intolerant? There's no lactose in it. It's a protein. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Because my doctor wouldn't even test for the um, for the C diff last time. It happened a couple years ago. She just said, "Oh, mm -hmm. that's too expensive." Just this oh wow, it seems like you might need a new doctor. <laughs> I know. I, I know. And I've you know I've been thinking about trying to find a functional medicine doctor, and I was doing really great and had everything under control until Thanksgiving, and I just didn't think I'd have this kind of reaction. And I'm, I'm sure it's it, it's not a, a viral thing, but right. I don't know mm -hmm. if it isn't post-COVID syndrome as well. So I was just well, looking for tips. But thank good you luck with much. your condition. Hope you feel uh, better. Thank you. I think we have another caller. Good morning there, Patrice. We're down to about five more minutes, everybody. So Patrice is calling from Chicago. Oh, hi, Patrice. Good morning, everybody. Hi. Good morning, everybody. Thank you. Um, I, I suspect I've had leaky gut my whole life. I've been sick my whole life. I'm 66 years old. I've had diagnosis of chronic fatigue, never thought it was, more adrenal burnout, and major food intolerance, chemical intolerance. Um, manifesting is like a little bit of alopecia, the telephalusium that the other caller was talking about. I lost my sense of smell, my sense of taste, and um, I have vitiligo. And and now I'm on the SIBO track. So I have an appointment. I had a functional medicine doctor who took insurance through my hospital in Chicago, shocking but true. And she, we did a... Um, a gut zoomer test, a stool test, and she said I had SIBO-esque-like symptoms, whatever that meant. I did go on natural products that she recommended. She, she just, I didn't resonate with her. So now I'm with a gastroenterologist, did a colonoscopy for the first time, great um, intestine, and now I'm going to do a SIBO breath test in at a doctor's office. Just wondering what your opinion is of, 
my life story, my inflamed life story. Well, I think you're on track to try to rule in and rule out if your previous treatment was successful or not. So that follow-up SIBO test, which stands for small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, makes a, a lot of sense. So if that comes back and it's normal and you're still experiencing symptoms, then it's time to, to, to keep looking and digging more deeply. So after that, then something like a stool test could be quite useful because the SIBO test will show upper part of the intestine and the stool test shows a little more lower part of the intestine. So um, I think you're smart to be trying to figure out exactly what's going on. Do you feel that my history has led me to SIBO? Um, so, uh, so again, like you said, uh, ah, there's so much I want to tell you. Uh, so, so, so you, that history of, of fibromyalgia and, and, um, just yeah. feeling more worn down lifelong. So it absolutely, there's probably something in the gut, but again, I would want to be, um, to asking you questions like, did you feel worse around your period or are there certain foods? Or we know that, um, even low thyroid can mimic fibromyalgia and the standard way that thyroid is interpreted will miss half the population according to the journal of endocrinology so um so they call fibromyalgia a wastebasket diagnosis meaning we don't know what causes it but i i find that we can we can if we look we can figure out a cause it may be gut related uh, but it can have a lot to do with various nutrients as well as thyroid function and other hormones and toxicity as well Fair enough, and I do have low thyroid, of which I take med medication. So my final closing statement question, I want to thank you for, for your time, is is there another name that I could talk to the typical Western doctor about leaky gut? Because in the 80s, I literally got kicked out of the doctor's office. He told me I was in fairy tale land when I met Wait, We haven't. We haven't made that much progress, but here and there you'll find somebody. And it is easier now because it is reflected in the research. Um, I go back and look at your thyroid tests and see if you're just barely in normal range, you might find a lot of benefit from um, at least getting mid-range. Not high, that's bad, but yeah. at least making sure you're in the middle of the range. Like I think there's a lot that, that you could work with and a functional medicine doctor would really benefit you. Well, I just might have to make an appointment with Dr. Harvey while I'm here. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. You're so welcome. Well, we're coming down to the end of it here. I really thank you, Cheryl. It's been wonderful. Yeah. And I really wanted to talk about food uh, allergies too. So we're going to have to have you back next year. If yeah, you're I would love to. I would love to. Thank you. That's wonderful. Um, so um, next week, we're going to be talking with Betty Murray, a healthcare practitioner from Texas, who's going to talk to us about mitochondria health and uh, women's hormones and how the mitochondria process the hormones and how we can get more energy and have more stable hormones. All righty. Well, I'd like to thank you, Dr. Harvey, and of course, uh, Dr. Bardet. Thank you for a wonderful show. It was quite illuminating. And so until next Monday at 10 o'clock, I want to also thank all of our listeners and participants for um, being part of the show. And to everybody out there, take care, stay healthy. Y'all are the greatest. You've been listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. 
Coming on up is 5 Minutes of NPR News, and then get ready for the Sustainable Living Show, hosted by the Cracker Jack team of Kenny Coogan and Annie Ellis. Their guest is Michael Whitehead from the Bureau of Indian Affairs and Sustainability, and he's here today to discuss water rights. So until next Monday at 10 a.m., thank you for supporting and listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa, your community-conscious radio station. Stay safe, stay thoughtful, and know that you are loved.